0: Welcome back to another week of the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. We are in our baby series. It's just two episodes talking about what is Christmas really all about. Um, and we talked last week about St. Nicholas and some of the cool things that he did. You
1: gotta love St. Nick.
0: You gotta love St. Nick. And today we're just going to dive a little bit more in some of the practical applications of the theology of the Incarnation. Um I've been doing some Bible reading and thinking about God's nearness and how he draws near to his people. And Mm -hmm. Ben and I have just been kind of going back and forth to say, man, the incarnation is something that is worthy to zone in on so that it informs our worship. And I I was joking with him, I want every Christmas to be reminded to love God more because of the incarnation, just as one specific thing to be reminded of a way in which God interacted with the world. And so, Ben, as we happen, do you have any fun facts you want to share with us?
1: Fun facts.
0: Any fun facts? About what? You did talk about Bigfoot. Oh my god. Bring...
1: <laughs> I didn't know this is what you were going to bring up, Ruth.
0: <laughs> it's no problem. Um, ben might believe in Bigfoot.
1: I might be. I might believe in Bigfoot. I'm like 90% there.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: But hey, don't don't quote me for it. Yeah. Um, I listen to this podcast called Haunted Cosmos. It's these like two Christian guys who talk about like these supernatural stuff. Um, it's kind of ridiculous sometimes. Um,
0: we're not putting our names on it.
1: Yeah, not putting my names on it, but they're they're brothers in Christ who really are into this kind of stuff. And they watched like a 13-hour documentary on Bigfoot and wanted to share all about it.
0: (laughs) That's a lot. It's a lot. And so
1: after a a two-hour long podcast, I was like, okay, there might be some legit claims to this.
0: (laughs) After seeping in this concept for two hours.
1: Knowing that like this world, like there is so much to God's creation and God's Mm -hmm. world that we don't know and we don't understand. Um, So I'm like leaning that way. Yeah. And there's some, decent evidence. But check out the podcast. I am not going to be apologist for that. (laughs) But those who are listening to this who have heard me talk about Bigfoot in the last few weeks, you probably think I'm an apologist. Okay,
0: and that's okay. Yeah, and I think there's a posture of humility that says there's a lot that we don't know. (laughs) And um, Ben and I both want to come into this conversation with a posture of humility, recognizing, hey, I'm not a Bible scholar. Um, I'm talking about my daily Bible reading and some of the questions that I'm having, reading Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Um, Because I know that most of you, when you read your Bible, you are like, man, what does all this mean? Um, That there is a God whom I'm seeking as I daily get before him in his word and as I pray and ask him to reveal himself to me um, and we want to talk about how the incarnation shapes the way we read all of the Bible. Yeah. Um, that it is not just something that we say, oh man, we got to the New Testament. Now what does it change? It actually changes everything about how we yeah. view God because God is revealing himself in a very specific way in the mm-hmm. person of Jesus. And so I want to start with a question that I want us to dialogue through. And it's like, "What is the, the what is the incarnation from a theological perspective? We're just going to give a concise definition there and then kind of talk forward from there.
1: Yeah, what is the incarnation from a theological standpoint? Wow, there's there's <laughs> just so, an
0: easy breezy beautiful cover girl. So, so many
1: ways to answer the question. Um,
0: yeah,
1: like the incarnation is the point in which God entered to humanity and God became man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, from a theological perspective, the incarnation is pretty much the the full, the beginning of which we can like fully see and the lens in which we fully see God. I think that mm-hmm. like the lens in which we can see who God is. Yeah, right. And so we, if we want to know who God is, we like look at Christ, right? Cause like Christ is, God is so, like God is so far removed from us and so great. And so, so far away because he is so holy and so infinite. Um, the only way that we ever can know God period is if he chooses to reveal himself to us. Like that's, that's like the starting point is like, that's how big and holy and Mm. great and, um, massive that God is Mm -hmm. the only way that we can know him is through his revelation and the fullness of his revelation is Christ. Um, who, yes, he revealed himself, specially through his word. He revealed himself, specially um, through history. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: like the moments of the old Testament coming near.
1: And so we see like God revealing himself to the prophets as you read through scripture and the story of scripture, but God ultimately specifically and fully reveals himself, um, in Christ. Yeah. Where Christ is like if you have seen me, you have seen the Father.
0: Yeah. So it's our clearest representation.
1: Yeah. It's our lens in which to in which we can see who God is. Yeah. Like that's that's why he came. Like he came to save us from our sins, um, but and to give us eternal life. And we know that the cross was the end point of that. Mm-hmm. But John seventeen three says that Jesus says <clears throat> to know like to know, Christ is eternal life. He mm-hmm. came that we can know him and through knowing him, we receive eternal life. Mm-hmm. And in that knowledge and in that belief is a belief, obviously, in his death and his resurrection that were utterly crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the incarnations are a lens in which we can see God from a theological perspective.
0: Yeah, that's a good. So with this lens and this understanding yeah. of who God is, um, when I'm reading Deuteronomy, so what
1: I'm- What are in, you reading right now, Ruth?
0: So I'm in- this is a shout out to First 15 um, and a shout out to doing Bible reading together with your friends. Yeah. I have five friends, soon to add six, friends Amen. doing the Bible recap together um, by Terry Lee Cobble. And so nice. what that looks like is we have daily Bible reading. It's every single day. We joke, Bible reading plans without days off, kind of a nightmare. I but did, they're, they're good. I did read 10 chapters yesterday, 13 chapters yesterday, catching up from a yeah. few days missed. Um. It, I'm curious if other people struggle to read their Bibles on Sundays. Sunday to me is like the grave in which my Bible reading, just because hmm. of like the nature of how the day goes, it's just a more chaotic day for me. Um, I'm getting up, I'm getting ready for church stuff. And uh, so I'll just give everyone my uh, my confession. Sunday mornings are a hard day for me to get my daily Bible reading in. So I feel like I'm always catching up on Monday. Yeah, But we just finished Numbers and are okay. now in Deuteronomy. And so I just read Deuteronomy 1 through... Fourteen, and so um, we look at God telling that the people are going to take the land, and a bunch of people are going to die, and all the high places are going to come down, and all the that like God takes really seriously idol worship. Yeah, um, and I see a, like God so clearly say like, when you go, and I tell you to go, I'm always going to be with you in war. But when you go, and I haven't told you to go, I'm not with you. And so I even see that as like a picture of His nearness, of like when we're walking according to His will we see his blessing follow that in like the scope of the Old Testament. Because yeah. you talk about like the, the Deuteronomic, um, like reality of the Old Testament is if you obey me.
1: Yeah, like the all of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. like to understand the the Old Testament is like the Mosaic law, so yeah. the law given by Moses in like the first few books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the gist of it is in Deuteronomy where he says, Deuteronomy 17.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he says, if you bless me, if you or you're obedient to me, I bless you. If you're disobedient to me, I curse you. Yeah. Like that's it. That's it. In the, the old testament, like that's that's yeah. how we understand everything. It's the lens in which we can see it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so that is like
1: it might not be Deuteronomy 17.
0: That's okay. It's I'm in like, Deuteronomy.
1: It's in Deuteronomy. I'm mind far right now. That's but...
0: Okay, no biggie. Um and so thinking from like that lens, when I read the like specifics of the tabernacle being mm-hmm. built, yeah, I'm reminded, man, God wants to be near, yeah, his people. When I think of God revealing himself in the burning bush, yeah, I think God wants to be near. When I think of God wrestling <laughs> with Jacob, um, Amen. and I just see like image after image after image after image to say, this big God, yeah, is making his way towards broken people,
1: yeah. And so like through yeah, like we and we see that through the Old Testament, we see that, like, God is progressively revealing himself. Like that's what we believe about scripture. Through it, God's progressively revealing himself. And so you're seeing more and more of who God is. Um, And the climax of the revelation of God um, would be Christ, the word of God. Um, But you see like in the Old Testament, like God is like showing and being near to his people and trying to meet them at at their level. Um, And even when they're like foolish and idiots, he's like gracious and coming down and descending unto them. Mm -hmm. Um, But you really like, can see that fully and might like powerfully through the incarnation yeah and then like the the incarnation is when god like fully entered um like creation Mm. and so like my one professor when i was at um in bible college he said that all through the Old Testament, God's like longing to incarnate himself. Mm -hmm. Like he's working, because he knew all along that he was going to become man. Yeah. That he was going to come down and descend unto man. So you see God's desiring to come down because he's loving and graciousness. And that that desiring that love is because like the father, it's like within the Trinity, within the father, son, and the spirit, Mm -hmm. there is this mutual bond of love between the three of them. Yeah. The God, the father's love for his son overextends Mm -hmm. into his love for all of us. And so he's desiring to, to come down because of the mutual love within them. And he wants to show that love. Like that's yeah. how loving our God is. Yeah. Um, and that's happening all through the Old Testament. Mm. But then when Christ comes, you like really see that. Um, and then we were talking about this earlier, but like when Jesus comes and hits the scene, it's like taking a rock and you take a rock and you like throw it into a pond. Yeah. Like the ripple effects go both ways. Yeah. And so we see the ripple of the effects of the incarnation go forwards into history, but also goes backward into history. Yeah. It's actually showing that all of the Old Testament was all about Christ, it's
0: all point like it was to him.
1: all pointing to Christ and he's present in it mm-hmm. um, and so then I like yeah. I think about the like that when I think of that like when I'm reading the Old Testament when I'm reading like Numbers and Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll be honest with you, like sometimes it's easier to just read Romans or Galatians <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. or John. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: all the prose.
1: <laughs> and I have to like remind myself of like, second yeah. Timothy talks about like all scriptures breathed out by God. All of it, every verse mm-hmm. is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, mm-hmm. right? I have to remind myself of that because I don't always like feel it. Yeah. But when you're reading through it, you're like, wait, all of this is actually pointing forward yeah. to the coming of Christ. Like it's all like, all through the Old Testament is like holding in this like the sneeze that's like about a blow yeah. like when Christ comes
0: yeah, yeah. and I think I, I'm so challenged when I read Galatians and it talks about the the law being our schoolmaster or yeah. our guardian our babysitter uh, yeah our babysitter our disciplinary babysitter like not, <laughs> not the like sweet high school student who yeah. would never yell at you like your aunt who's coming in being like <laughs> I, like I you need to chill aunt out Susan. guys <laughs> Aunt Susan coming in and saying like no you're not getting sugar you have to go to bed at this time yeah. Um, telling us what is right. Yeah. Um, and pointing to us that man, like we we do not match up yeah. to the standard of like, oh, David talks about like meditating on God's law. I read through Leviticus and I'm like, how you be meditating on this? <laughs> how, how you be being encouraged by this conversation about like bodily fluids and if like the hair underneath is white or if the hair is black, what it means about your skin condition. So just to let you know what I've been thinking about with Leviticus. God's holiness. <laughs> God's holiness. So good. Um, but like there being this I get it. There yeah. being this reality to say, man, all of this does point to you. Yeah. And all of this does point to an aspect of, of what you have to tell us. Yeah. Um, and so talking about God's nearness in the perfect image that we see of God. So when it says, Hey, Jesus said, Hey, when you see me, you see the Father. Yeah. How does that change the way we worship the God of the Bible?
1: Yeah. Um, our, the, like, our worship of God can only go as far as our theology can go. Mm-hmm. And I don't like- break,
0: break, break that down. Yeah,
1: let me let me clarify what that means. I'm not saying like you can worship God fully all the more when you like know the more textbook theology yeah, and you've yeah. like read the most amount of books, like nothing about that. Um, it's not about like, oh, I know these different theories on creation. But it's if creation. you know him. It's about your, yeah. Because what theology ultimately is, is knowledge of God. And so the deeper that we...
0: It's intimacy and relationship. Exactly. Through knowledge. And so the
1: deeper that we go in our theology is the deeper we grow in how, how much we know of God. And obviously the full revelation of God is Christ, but we know Christ, mm. his final authority, his revelation is scripture. Yeah. Um... And so like the deeper we go into knowing who God is, um, knowing how he engages, like that ultimately, ultimately produces worship. Like mm. our worship, what worship is, is a response to theology.
0: Yeah. What
1: worship is, is a call back to God mm. and a praising of God and a reverence to God yeah. because of what he has first showed and revealed to us about him, who he is. Yeah, Like that's why in, um, Colossians three, mm. it talks about singing, like singing. Right, like we, when we think about worship, like most of us, probably the first thing we think about is like corporate worship through song.
0: Here I am to
1: worship. <laughs> here here I'm not saying. To
0: bow down.
1: But like yeah. that's what we ultimately think about. But yeah. like What Paul yeah. says is when we when we think about that, he's like, what we're doing is we're singing to God. Mm. Like that's what we're doing. We're we're singing to God because He has shown Himself to us. We're singing praise and thankfulness mm. to Him. Like imagine the way that like if you were to sing to like you're like spouse or like, mm. like if you're singing to your spouse, it's like an act of love.
0: Yeah. Like an that's act, like, adoration.
1: Exactly. And like, mm. that's how we ought to sing to God. That's what worship songs are. And so mm. the way we know who God is, we then can respond and we go deeper in our knowledge of God, which like Christ shows us, like we respond in worship of God. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I'm tying, I'm tying some thoughts together.
1: You really threw me off with the here I am.
0: T- Sorry. That's on me. I just love to, love to sing a ditty. Um, one of the thoughts that I'm having is thinking about the connection between love, obedience, and worship.
1: Love, obedience, and worship. And
0: so, if you love me, mm-hmm. you'll keep my commandments. And it talks about, I think in Romans, that it says, like, we lay our lives down. Like, as a, like we, we climb on the altar. You know what passage I'm talking about? Give me a second. It's our fitting worship. Yeah, Romans 12.1, 12, 12. right? I think it's 12, like, 1 through 3. Yeah. Forgive me, guys. For, for yeah. Not present help.
1: yourself as a living sacrifice. Yes. Yeah.
0: Holy and acceptable. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I think about laying my life down, which like laying the life down that like isn't mine anyway, <laughs> it's like me, like me submitting yeah. in the best way possible to God's will. What that means is I'm saying I love you with my life. Yeah. And I'm singing with my life. I love you when I do what is your will. Yeah. And so this idea of like. Man, it's not about how much you know, because knowledge without love is puffed up. But it's about what you know, and then you apply to loving God. Yeah, like that's the beauty of like knowing Him. The beauty of knowing Him is that it changes the way we walk with Him. Yeah, because we get Him. Like, like to me, like the, the stream that I'm walking is not like, man. We just want you to know all these things, because like. I want to be known for being a doer of God's word. Yeah. Um. That like what I know about him changes me. Yeah. And it changes me in that I become a better worshiper of him, that my life gets laid down. And that as I look at the incarnation and as I look at creation or as I look yeah, at all yeah, these yeah. different points that are, that are about God that I'd say, man, I'm in awe. I can't do anything. Yeah. But love you and be obedient to you.
1: Yeah. Like an obedience is our response to our knowledge of God. Yeah. Right. In like the perfect world, obedience is a response to the love of God. That like we are ex- we experience that fullness of the love of God, and so we joyfully want to obey. Um, but in our world, that we do have sin, and we do have temptation. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we have to obey, even though we don't like. Oh, I love being obedient to God. It's like, it's oh, this awesome. freaking sucks. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, I know who God is. I know that God is holy and who God, that God is just. And yeah. like, he has done this and this and this for me, that he has purchased me as a people mm-hmm. for his own possession. Okay, I'm going to be obedient, even though I don't feel like this overflow of yeah. love. But obviously without yeah. sin, like the obedience to God's commands would be because you're filled with his love. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would assume that's like before the fall. Like yeah. they're recipients of the love of God. They're yeah. in a perfect relationship with God. Adoration. And so obedience is just natural.
0: Mm. It's so good. That's so good. I can't wait um, to be in heaven. Like that's something I like to think about just being like, you say things and no part of me is like-
1: How does this. how does the Christmas season make you wait for heaven?
0: Mm. I think the Christmas season of being reminded that in Christ's coming was, was the start and the march to his dying and his resurrecting and the invitation
1: to the second coming. Yeah.
0: And so, like, without his incarnation, I don't have the reality of Easter and I don't have the reality of the cross. I don't have the reality of the resurrection, the ascension. Yeah. And so, like, when I think about him coming as a babe, 33 years later, dying as a man and God, rising as a man and God, Mm -hmm. perfect, conquering sin and death on my behalf. And promising to come back uh, to make all things right. Yeah. Um. That the, the when they talk about the the distance between the ascension and his second coming, they say he's already won the war, but there's skirmishes still happening. It's like in VE Day um, or VJ Day, where they said like there were people still fighting even though there was victory in Japan and victory in Europe because yeah. they didn't hear yet. Yeah. They didn't yet hear. Hey, chill out. Like we won. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that was like such a clear picture. Of like the skirmishes happening, like Satan's defeated. Yeah, he's already defeated in what eternity's eye is. Yeah, but I'm waiting for that reality to come here on earth. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about him coming as a babe, it's like man, he had to. Like that was his choice of narrative that he'd come as a babe, and that he'd grow up being two. Yeah, and that that he'd take the life of flesh. That I'd have a high priest that sympathizes with my weakness. Yeah, um, and that that high priest. Who was my perfect king, my perfect prophet, my perfect judge? All of the things. Looking at the Old Testament, everything that he fulfilled in the law. Yeah. I then say, man, he he took my sin on the cross and paid for it. Uh, there's a it's a Jesus storybook Bible, which is a, a Bible story for children, and it says uh, when it talks about the cross, it says it wasn't nails that held Jesus on the cross, but it was his love for you. But <laughs> like, it's not nails.
1: Amen. And like, Amen. to me, it's this
0: beauty to say like, oh my yeah. gosh, imagine a five-year-old understanding what kept Jesus on the cross, his love for you. Yeah. That's what kept him on. That's what That's what had him take mm. another lash. That's awesome. That's what had him let him get spit on. Yeah. That's what had him get totally dehydrated to the point that he couldn't speak. They had to put sour wine and vinegar on his mouth yeah. to proclaim his last words when i think of that man i'm so grateful he came as a babe and he came mm-hmm. in weakness because uh, there was years of waiting before jesus came there's years of silence and we're now waiting we're in the already but not yet right now yeah saying man he's conquered
1: mm, that's so he, good
0: he's won yeah I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting for everyone else to hear about it. I yeah, wait, for, yeah. wait for them to be told, hey, Christ's, Christ's victory is here. Yeah. Now it's present. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'd say that's a lot of good stuff in there. Like Christmas. I love Christmas. Mm. Christmas is about waiting. Um, I love the song, Oh Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm. I probably average I just sing to it twice a day from Thanksgiving to Christmas Sing, us a,
0: sing us a ditty. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: kidding. one thing you guys do not want of me is to sing
0: so I'm not going to deny that <laughs> um,
1: but but I love listening to o Come O Come Emmanuel um, but it's just like we They're you're singing like, like he's coming to, coming to Israel mm-hmm. right and it's like oh, Come O Come Emmanuel like come and like get yeah. your people Israel and the crazy part is like the person who wrote that was like speaking of actually Christ, Sank It Coming mm-hmm. not his first um, and it's crazy because the, in the old Testament, as I said, like the incarnation and like understand how the incarnation is a starting point has deeply helped me understand the old Testament. Um, it's really shown in the proper context as like, this is all through the lens of Christ. Yeah. Um, and all through the old Testament, like they are waiting people. Mm-hmm. What they are doing is waiting for Christ to come.
0: They'd be waiting around.
1: And so they're saying, Oh, come, oh, come Emmanuel. Like they're wanting Christ to come. Um, but that's just, that should be the same for us. Mm-hmm. Like, Chris, Chris, christmas reminds us <laughs> that like we ought to be waiting for christ to come as well because just as much as christ came the first time he did come come a second time yeah and we ought to be desiring that like that's why in the lord's prayer like you pray like thy kingdom come thy will be done like it's a setting my heart right to mm. want your to come back want your will to be done not my own will yeah so christmas is reminding us of that that we ought to wait for christ wait for christ to return and yeah mm. he's coming to get the true israel which is the people of god Mm. so
0: amen all right uh i we're we're at our time for today and so some just wrap-up thoughts is hey we want you to look at christmas and to look at christ coming as an invitation to wait um an invitation to wait for his second coming um an invitation to worship him for the god who comes near any other last final thoughts brother
1: yeah blessings on each of y'all as you worship christ this christmas Mm.
0: Yeah, don't be afraid to gather your family around uh, to tell the story of old. I think of in the, the Old Testament, one of my favorite things is that it says, tell your children's children's children uh, that we're people that are telling our generations about the goodness of God so that they may know him and they may love him in their old age. Amen. Mm. So, all right, friends, uh, thank you so much. Pray uh, a blessing for you as you go. Hope you have an awesome week. Again, if you haven't subscribed, just ask that you would subscribe so you can get updates on when our podcast has come out. And if this is an encouragement to you, share it with a friend. Thank you so much.